encourage you to take your Bibles tonight and go to 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. And uh, just now realizing somewhere I put my Bible. I'm probably going to need that, huh? Oh, it's down under here. How about that? All right. I'm not panicking, pan, panicking anymore. All right, we've got some outlines for tonight. We apologize we didn't get those down there was while you were coming in. So our ushers are going to help us by passing those out now for those of you that would like an outline for the service tonight, uh, for the sermon tonight. Just a very simple um, uh, outline for this evening. Um, and so we'll give you all a minute to get those into everybody's hand. And we're turning over to... 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We have been studying through 1 Thessalonians verse by verse, um, and it's been quite some time since we've been there, but I love chapter 4, um, and most people um, are very familiar with chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians because it talks about the rapture at the end of this chapter, and uh, we're going to get to that eventually. And then, of course, we know 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, with that shotgun passage, pray without ceasing and everything give thanks, um, quench not the spirit, um, and that's a wonderful passage. We'll get to studying that a little bit later. Um, but 1 Thessalonians 4, and we'll look at verses 1 and 2 as we begin our study uh, here this evening. I actually intended to preach this message on the first Sunday of this year. Uh, but uh, we had to cancel that Sunday evening service because of um, uh, the weather. And so here we are now, the first Sunday of February, finally getting back to our study here in First Thessalonians. But every time we come to the start of a new year, a lot of people like to begin their, begin their year with making New Year's resolutions. Some of you will say, I made some New Year's resolutions. Or maybe just say, I had some goals at the beginning of this year. All right? Very good. Uh, I had some goals. I always I like to set goals. I like I like to keep growing, and that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. But one of the things I figured out about goals, about resolutions, is that they're really easy to make and they're really hard to keep, right? So uh, I, I heard this story about a, a guy that one of his New Year's resolutions was he determined to lose weight, and so in 2009 his goal was this. He said, "I will get my weight." below 180 pounds. Next year came around, 2010. His goal was, I will follow my new diet religiously until I get below 200 pounds. 2011, the next year, he said, I will develop a realistic attitude about my weight. In 2012, he said, I will work out three days a week. Now, that's getting better, right? 2013, he said, I will try to drive past a gym at least once a week. <laughs> uh, that's uh, kind of the journey a lot of us go on right there, I dare say, all right? And anybody who's made, made goals before, I think you can relate <laughs> uh, with this guy's experience. But I, I want to make something very clear right from the get-go. There's nothing wrong with seeking to grow. In fact, God encourages us to seek to grow. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. I'm sure you know it. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. And so we're, we're challenged to grow in grace. And by the way, it's exciting to see believers who are growing spiritually. 
I don't know about you, but I was thrilled to see Danny and Sean and Bree up there making that decision to publicly profess their faith. After the service was over, they came up to me and they basically said, what's next? <laughs> I said, well, we'll get you locked in with some discipleship here. And they said, when can we join the church? And I said, well, we'll, we'll make it happen just as soon as we can. And I love to see believers growing. And I've talked a lot about TJ here lately. I could talk about many others, and I will during this message. Um, but it's just exciting to me to be around believers who are hungry for God's word, who are growing in their faith. And that's really what our experience should be. Um, to grow spiritually. And yet I've found that the older a person gets, the more they tend to lose the eagerness to grow. The more they tend to lose the, the passion to grow. I guess it's a lot like our kids, right? When we were little, we couldn't wait until, I remember when I was nine years old, I couldn't wait till I was 13. And when I was 13, I couldn't wait till I was 16. And when I was 16, I couldn't wait till I was 18. And when I was 18, I couldn't wait till I was 21. And I just couldn't wait for the next phase. It was always really exciting. And now I'm like, oh, let's just slow down a little bit, okay? Uh, it's not as appealing. I, I can't say I'm looking forward to 40. I'm just not, I'm, I'm just starting to get closer and closer to it. Uh, but there's a certain point where you grow, where you grow to, where growth itself seems to lose its appeal. And this can really happen in any arena of life. A married couple who stops growing together will settle for monotony. I think that maybe some of us in here, that's what we are settling for in our marriages. Monotony. We've stopped growing together. Stopped dating each other. Stopped caring about each other. An employee who stops growing in his field will soon become irrelevant. If you don't keep learning, if you don't keep getting trained, if you don't keep learning the new technology, you'll become irrelevant very soon in your field, a dinosaur in your field. And a Christian who stops growing in his faith will become apathetic. And this was the case of the church that Jesus wrote to at Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2. It was a church of whom Jesus sadly had to give them this indictment. You've left your first love. You've left your first love. It was a church that stopped growing, waned in their passion, and they devolved into apathy. And a lot of it was centered around the fact that they stopped growing in their faith. And this can happen to any of us. It can happen to any of us. It is possible for any believer to begin to drift into spiritual apathy. And I wonder today if that is the case for you. All right? I'll be honest. I asked if you set any goals this year a minute ago, and not very many people raised their hand. That might be because you don't want to admit that you set some goals this year. That's okay. All right? Um, but it's very easy for us to settle for humdrum Christianity. It's very easy for us to just say, well, you know, I've learned a lot throughout my life and I think I'm, I think I'm pretty good. But that is always the wrong attitude. And that is always what happens before you drift into spiritual apathy. And so as Paul wrote to the believers in Thessalonica, I believe he had this thought in mind. And it's been a while since we've been in this particular book, but what we've seen about this church is that against all odds... They had grown and thrived spiritually. Remember, Paul had only been there for three weeks, I believe, based on what the scripture teaches. And yet this church was established. And when he sent uh, Timothy back to go find out how they were doing, he was expecting 
that everything had fallen apart, but what he found was that these believers had continued to grow and they were thriving and the church was thriving and Paul was so encouraged by the growth that they had experienced up to that point. And at the end of chapter number three, Paul had just prayed a very passionate prayer to the Lord on the behalf of these saints that God would continue to help them to grow as the people of God. And so now we come to chapter 4, and he begins to challenge the church in a very practical sense to keep growing spiritually. Yes, you've grown in the past, and yes, I desire for you to continue to grow, but it's left to you. Are you going to keep growing as God would have you to? And so as we continue on with this year and as we consider going forward as a church this year, I believe this is the same challenge that we need to hear today. And I wonder if you will determine in your heart to grow this year, whatever that looks like for you, and however the Holy Spirit of God would lead you to take growth steps forward, I wonder if you're going to let the Lord do that in your life this year. And so in this text of Scripture, which we'll get ready to read, we're going to notice three ways that we are challenged to keep growing. And I want you to read it with me before we study it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Here's what Paul wrote. Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. In this passage here, the first way that we are challenged to keep growing, we find in the exhortation for growth. You can note that down. The exhortation for growth. Verse 1 says, Furthermore then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus. Now, earlier in this book, Paul had commended these believers for their past spiritual growth. As we've seen at the end of chapter 3, he prayed for their continued growth. Then he says, furthermore. That word furthermore means literally all that remains. So he said, I'm so happy you guys have grown to this point. And boy, my heart's desire to God is that you'd keep growing. And then he says, furthermore. And what he's literally saying there is all that remains is for you to make a decision to keep growing. He's exhorting them to do exactly what he prayed to God on their behalf. He's exhorting them, challenging them to keep growing. And it involves a personal decision. And here's a principle I want you to note down. Past growth does not guarantee present growth. I'll say it again. Past growth does not guarantee present growth. Now, as many of you know, I love the game of basketball. And I think it's the best, uh, best ball game invented. Now, you all are Coloradans, all right, and Westerners, and you really love your football out here, okay? And I understand that. I don't really understand it, but I, I'm a born Hoosier, so you're going to have to forgive me that for that, okay? Uh, but I do love sports in general, and I love to play sports. I still like to get out and play basketball and do some of these things. Um, but this is one thing I've learned um, about playing sports, and that is if you don't keep going, you won't keep growing. Um, I like to go play, and I usually play every week, but I've found that even if I miss a week of playing, if I miss two weeks of playing, when I get back on that court... Uh, not only do I feel like I'm out of shape, right? Um, but it just seems like I can't shoot the ball. It just seems like I can't uh, function like I normally would. And when it comes to a sport, if you don't keep going, you won't keep 
growing. And a lot of that application also plays into our spiritual life. Listen to me. Just because you had a strong year last year spiritually does not guarantee that you will have one this year too. And just because you say, well, pastor, you know, 20 years ago I used to teach a Sunday school class. Listen, that's a long time ago, friend. And a lot of Christians have settled into, well, I already bided my time and I already had my years of growth and I already did my thing. But listen, your past growth has nothing to do with your present growth. And if you do not keep on making it an intentional part of your life to keep growing spiritually, you will not keep growing spiritually. You will begin to drift into apathy spiritually. And that's why it's so important we hear this exhortation given to us in the scripture to keep growing. So I wonder if you're going to make the decision, if you're going to heed the exhortation today to keep growing spiritually, friend. See, the Apostle Paul put it this way in Philippians chapter 3. In fact, why don't we turn there? Just a couple of books over. Philippians chapter number 3. And we'll look um, at verse number uh, 13 and 14. Philippians chapter number 3 and verses 13 and 14. Because if you don't have this underlined in your Bible, I think you should. This is such a great passage. Philippians chapter 3 and verses 13 and 14. The Apostle Paul, again, writing to a different church, he said here, brethren... I count not myself to have apprehended. In other words, I have not arrived. I don't think I've arrived spiritually. I have not attained. I, I have not apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And some of us need to make a decision. Yes, I might have had a good year last year, but that doesn't guarantee what's going to happen this year. And the past is the past. And praise God for it if it's been good this past year. But this is a new year and there are new opportunities opportunities for you to be able to grow forward for the Lord this year and we need to make a decision to press on for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus and so Paul is exhorting the church to keep growing now go back to first Thessalonians chapter 4 we see in verse 1 the Bible says for furthermore then we beseech you brethren and exhort you Paul is beseeching the church. That means he's begging them. He's entreating them to listen to this challenge. And then he says, we're exhorting you. That means he's encouraging them. What is he begging them to do? What is he encouraging them to do? Well, as we've seen in the context here, he's challenging them to keep growing spiritually. And I want you to notice in particular, by whose authority Paul makes this exhortation. He wasn't asking them to do it for him. Notice what it says here. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by who? The Lord Jesus. By the Lord Jesus. The one who is ultimately compelling you to keep growing is not me. It's Jesus. The one in whose interest it lies the most for you to keep growing in your faith is the Lord Jesus. And the one whose authority you should listen to is the Lord Jesus. And he is the one that is giving us ultimately this exhortation. By the way, I love this. God not only encourages us to grow, but he is the one that enables us to grow. He would never ask us or expect us to do something that he would not enable us to do. 
And I like what the Bible says in Philippians 1.6. Uh, he that has begun a good work in you will continue to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And boy, he's not asking us to grow and uh, uh, expecting us to figure it out for ourselves. As we make decisions to grow forward, he's the one that is going to enable us to do just that. And so God wanted the Thessalonians to keep growing. And Paul, as a spiritual leader, desired for them also to keep growing. The only question that remained is, did they want to keep growing? See, God can want you to grow. And I can want you to grow as a pastor. But ultimately, you will not grow if God does not create that desire within your soul and you do not surrender and submit to it to make the decisions to keep growing this year. The ball's in your court. Alright? And so we have this exhortation to grow. I wonder how you're going to respond this year. Number one, the ex exhortation for growth. Number two, I want you to note down the explanation of growth. In verse number one, the Bible goes on to say that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. For you know what commandments we have uh, we gave you by the Lord Jesus Christ. Now Paul had explained very clearly to these believers how they were supposed to grow spiritually. And this is what he begins to indicate here. He tells them, you've received the truth. Uh, that's what he literally says in, <coughs> in verse number one. They've received it. That means they had taken it as their own. Um, he had taught them what spiritual growth looks like. And they had, they had received it. They knew what it, what it meant to grow spiritually. He said, you've received of us how you ought to walk. They learned how to walk with God. They learned the manner in which they were to make their progress through life with the Lord. It's not like they didn't know how to have a walk with God because Paul had been used of God to teach them how to have a walk with God. And they had also received from Paul um, uh, uh, not only how to walk, but they had learned how to please God. Uh, that's the other part of it. They learned how to live their lives to please the Lord um, in a way that was acceptable to the Lord. And so the point is, these believers had full knowledge of the specific instructions they were to pattern their lives after as believers. And here's the point I want to make to us. Spiritual growth is not a mystery. God lines it out for us very plainly in his word. And it's the Bible that is the key to our development spiritually. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be what? Perfect. That means spiritually mature. Right? That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And it's in the Bible that we learn everything we need to know about how to grow up spiritually. And it's incredible. We have all the resources that we need to be able to develop spiritually. Um, right for us in the Word of God. It's not like this is some mystery. It's not like you're, you, you can sit there tonight and say, well, Pastor, I just, I just don't know what I can do to keep growing. Start reading your Bible. Let's start right there, okay? The past 
literally the past nine weeks, we have been taking time to talk about essentials of the Christian life. We've talked about doing your devotions and having time in prayer. And we've talked about uh, uh, reconciliation. And we've talked, we're going to be talking about your witness. And we've talked about so many key areas that every Christian ought to be developing in, in their lives. And as we've gone through this series, these things are very basic. But it's incredible to me how challenged I've been about how far I still need to grow. By the way, I've had so many of you that have come up to me and said, Whoa, Pastor, I really need, needed that. I need to grow in that area. Listen, we're still needing to grow, many of us, in just the basics of what it means to be a Christian. And that's okay. As long as we understand we have not arrived and we still need to grow. But the Bible makes it very clear to us what spiritual growth looks like. I'm going to say this statement. It might be a little offensive, but I want you to hear me out on this. The issue is not that you don't know how to grow. The issue is that you don't want to grow. Now, you may not come out and put it that way. You may not come out and put it that way. But if you aren't growing at the end of the day, it's because you're making a choice not to. Because it's not a mystery. God makes it very clear, for, clear to us in His Word. And when you don't have a desire to keep growing, it's easy to begin to neglect even the most basic things. And here's the cycle that so many people go through. All right? This cycle is described in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 13, uh, down through chapter 6 and verse 1. Uh, let's just turn over there while I'm describing the cycle to you, because I think it would be even more profitable for us to read the authority on this. Hebrews chapter number 5. Here's the cycle that so many people go through. Alright? They learn some basics and they decide that they want to grow and they decide they, they, they want to uh, uh, practice the things that the, that the Lord's telling them to do but they quickly fizzle out and fade out and then they get to a place where they, they just feel so bad about their spiritual life and they feel like they just need to start all over again. What happens for a lot of people is they just keep going through that cycle. They need to start all over again and they try for a little while and then it just fizzles and fades out until they get to the end of themselves again and boy, I just got to start all over again. And it's, it's, it's what uh, Ray Steadman used to call a case of perpetual um, uh, adolescence. And that's where a lot of Christians are. They're stuck in a, in, a, in a state of perpetual adolescence. This is what the Bible talks about in Hebrews 5, verse 13. It says, for, uh, let's start in verse number 12. It says, for when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And there become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Here's what happens. When you're young in your faith, like a little baby needs milk to be able to develop and grow, that's what you desire. You can't, listen, if I gave Jack a piece of steak, he might try to put it in his mouth and suck on it for a little while, but he's not eating it. In fact, he's probably going to spit it out. He has no interest in it. Why? Because he's a baby. All right? But boy, when we get that milk out, mmm. All right? In fact, first thing in the morning, and right before he goes to bed, he better have that milk or he's not going to be a happy baby. And that's to be expected. But a lot of people, they're stuck on milk spiritually. And they've never learned 
to partake of anything else beyond that. Listen, let's face it. Most churches today preach milky sermons and teach milky truth to make people happy and, and to pamper them. And that works when you're a young believer. But eventually, you're going to have to learn to get in your Bible and start chewing it up and cutting it up and developing your ability to grow spiritually. And that's what the Bible's telling us here. And what so many people do is they get stuck on the milk. And when they should have been saved long enough to have had time to develop, to not just be taught the Bible, they should be able to teach the Bible. They never get there because they never, keep, they never grow up. They don't keep growing spiritually. They're settled into a place of apathy. And so come to chapter 6 and verse 1. The Bible says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. That literally means just leave it alone. Right? Leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection unto, or, or unto spiritual maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. And here's my challenge to you. This is not a year just to try to start over again and accomplish the same things that you struggled with for years. This is a year by God's grace for you to make some goals and by God's power stick with them. And grow to the next level spiritually. You see, the Lord is giving us an exhortation for growth. And he also gives us the explanation for what spiritual growth is supposed to look like. And the old story is told about a missionary in Africa who reached some, uh, some African men. And he taught them how to spend time with God every day. And as the story goes, these new converts would uh, uh, grab the Bible the missionary had gave, gave them, and they would find some place out um, in, the, uh, in, the, in the fields around the village to go get alone and spend time with God. And uh, these uh, villagers would travel down the same path every day to go down to where their uh, place was where they met with God. And uh, as they walked down these paths, the paths would become really worn. And uh, the, the, of course, the people in the tribe knew each other very well, and they would know that's so-and-so's path where he goes, spends, goes and spends time with God. Here's what would happen, the missionary said. If one of them began to wane in their walk, the grass would begin to grow back up on their path. And he said he would watch often as some of the African men would go up to the other African men and ask them this question. Why does the green grass grow on your path? sometimes wonder if that's the question we need to be asked. Why does the green grass grow on your path? The place that you spend with God. We need to keep growing. We see the exhortation for growth. We see the explanation of growth. Here's the final truth I want us to see. The expectation of growth. The expectation of growth. At the end of verse number one, Paul makes this plea to them. And uh, let me go back over there to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And at the end of verse number 1, he said, makes this statement. He says, as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God. And let's read the last statement out loud together. So you would abound more and more. Let's say it again. So you would abound more and more. Instead of settling for where they were at spiritually... God's expectation is that they would keep growing to an even greater level spiritually. 
Suffice it to say, no matter how much you have grown, there is always room for more growth. I remember years ago, I came to Brother John McHenry, and I asked him if he would pray about leading a small group. I didn't ask you, I'd share the story. But he said, I don't think I can do that, um, to some degree. But he prayed about it, and he came back, and he said, I don't know why you're asking me to do this, but I, I guess I'll try, right? And uh, he was selling himself short. But I remember about a year later, he came to me, and his group was doing great. And he said, you know, I really like this. Kind of like I get to be a pastor of my own little church. You know, loving my guys. And he's become a wonderful teacher of the Bible and, and leader, leader of men in his, in his small group. See, he decided to make a decision to keep growing. He decided to make a decision to do something he didn't think he was able to do. He wasn't really comfortable doing, but he decided that's what God was leading him to do. I remember last year, uh, or actually year before last, Hayden Shepherd came to me. And Hayden, um, uh, we, I was talking about leading souls to Christ, and he said something along the lines of, oh, I don't think I could ever do something like that, Pastor. And then I remember him coming to me after the Lord had called him to preach. And he told me, Pastor, I've been working on my verses, and I'd really like the opportunity to be able to, to lead somebody to Christ. I'm praying for my, my first opportunity to be able to lead someone to Christ. And I remember last summer at Vacation Bible School, I just went over here and opened this door, and I looked in there, and I saw Hayden sitting in there with a the little boy, and he got to lead him to faith in Jesus Christ. He decided he's going to keep growing. By the way, he's in Bible college right now, and he's continue, continuing to grow and prepare for the calling that God's placed on his life. Uh, not too long ago, in fact, it was this past week, Brother Rich Baker came to me. And I'm just going to pick on you now, too, okay? Um, Brother Rich came to me, and uh, um, yeah, he, he told me that the Lord has been working in his heart. He's been growing spiritually a lot this past year. And uh, the Lord has just uh, given uh, he, and, he and his family victory after victory, and their family personally. And uh, uh, he, he, he told me that God had been speaking to his heart, that he needed to step out of uh, the current ministry that he was leading in because God was moving in his heart to become involved in leading a small group. And I promise you, and you would say this too, I think, Rich, there's no way in heaven that he would have said that five years ago. <laughs> What is he? And I think you're still. He's still a little bit uneasy about it, but he knows something. He knows it's something God's been working in his heart to do. What's he doing? He's making a decision to keep growing. I'm challenging you with God's expectation. I don't know what it looks like for you. Like I could tell you story after story from my life personally where I didn't feel like I could do something, but God was working in my heart to get involved, and I took a step of faith, and God helped me to grow through it. That's the kind of step that God wants you to take, and it might be in your marriage, and it might be in your career field, and it might be in being involved in the ministry of the Lord, but what God's expectation is is that we don't settle for where we're at, but we make decisions that continue to challenge our faith and keep us growing. And so what does the next level of spiritual growth look like for you? Practically speaking, you should have spiritual goals for growth this year. I honestly believe that this is true for every single believer. All right? If you aim for nothing, you will hit it every single time. And a lot of us have settled for aiming for nothing. And if we don't have any expectations placed upon ourselves, then boy, 
we'll be doing good every single year. But that's not good enough. And God's desire is we don't settle for apathy. We don't settle for monotony. But that we continue to grow as He would have us to. I'm just going to be transparent with you here tonight. All right? There are uh, several decisions I've made this year. And I, I, I'm not sharing any of these with you for any other purpose than for the sake of being practical and illustrating how God has worked in my life to practice exactly what I'm preaching to you tonight. Because I'm, I'm not asking you to do something that I don't believe God has also called me not to do as well. I know I need to keep growing. And here's some of my goals this year as a Christian. I'm going to read through the Bible twice this year. God put that on my heart. Uh, I'm going to read 50 books personally. Um, and uh, uh, I'm going to get back to 200 pounds. I'm going, to be, I'm going to be just like that guy in that illustration we talked about a little while ago. All right? um, and uh, um, uh, as a husband... Uh, I want to spend, uh, uh, as a husband, I want to spend intentional time together with my wife daily talking, um, perhaps reading something together um, and praying. And I have the time of day when I want to try to do that. Uh, we, we've made the goal that we want to have a monthly night out together um, and have a weekly home date together. Um, we've made the uh, goal that we want to get marriage counseling uh, together so that we can continue to grow and see where our blind spots are at as a, as a couple. As a dad, I have a goal to implement a, night, uh, a nightly routine, including family devotions and prayer um, and daily hygiene habits. Um, I want to implement daily chores for each one of our kids to teach them responsibility. I want to take each one of my daughters on a date at least once a month. Um, I, want, I want to go on a family vacation this year. And God's placed on our hearts to have as many game nights as possible, right? Um, and I could go down this list. There, there are so many things on here uh, for the things that God has given me. I'm sharing those with you simply to say I prayed and I've sought God. And I have asked the Lord, how can I keep growing this year? How do you want me to continue to grow this year? My question for you is have you. How are you intentionally following the leadership of the Lord to keep challenging yourself to grow. Now, for some of you, if you set three goals, that'll be enough. All right? I get it. And uh, I didn't start with having as many as what I have this year. And by the way, I get to the end of the year and I look at this list and oftentimes I can't cross everything out on my list. But the goals themselves keep me motivated to keep wanting to grow. And that's the challenge that I want to give to you. And it's not really my challenge. It's God's challenge. So that you would abound more and more. So are you going to keep growing this year? Don't settle for apathy. God wants us to grow forward. As much as he wants us to go forward this year, I guarantee you we will not go forward if we do not grow forward this year. And may God help us to do it.